Welcome into a new episode of Get Fiddles and Paradiddles. I have John Mobley sitting across from me. Hello, Gabna. <laughs> I'm here at My Chris's lovely new house. We're doing it in his house today, yeah. and it is quite lovely. Thank, Thank you for so having me over. Dude, it's it's great to have you here. I'm glad that uh, we're able to, uh, to to sit here, and, and we're, sip, we're sipping on some good cocktails Sipping on some tonight. spirit libations. Yeah, yeah, man. Sipping on some cocktails and, and dreaming up uh, future episodes. Indeed, indeed. Yeah. Planning uh, to take over the world, as they say. As they say. Um, one thing I want to mention at the top here is that um, your eyes are not deceiving you. John and I have decided that we wanted to rebrand the mostly the cover art, the fonts that we use mm-hmm. and things like that for the podcast. Um, you know, 25 episodes in. Yeah, man. Uh, we've just kind of, we've, we've yeah. outgrown those uh, old uh, overalls. Yeah. It's time for something a little yeah. more uh, sophisticated. And our co- you know, our cover art, I'll be honest, I made it. You know, I kind of threw it Which together Which I super quickly. appreciate. I mean, listen, you know, you know you're, you're my guy, yeah, man. You're my guy. Yeah. I mean, I threw that together and I was like, yeah. man, I could do better than this, but it worked. We it had did. Like, it like, worked. We had five episodes of mm-hmm. content. We needed to yep. get it published. Yep. We had a launch date to hit. Yeah. All these kind of things, which was like so October 1st. To all those people out there that says you can't do anything, you just got to do it. Just do right? it. Just, just do, do it. it. Just, if you just, want to do something, man, just make it happen. Yeah. You want to launch a podcast? Launch a podcast. Do it. Exactly. Even if your cover art's a little, a little, if, if a little yeah. suspect, that's yeah. okay. You'll grow yeah. into something. Yeah. So I'm sorry, Chris. No, no. Keep, it's all keep good. Keep training. So on yeah. The so we've got a we've got a new cover art there. Some new colors. Yes. New logo. Love it. Love it. Uh, super excited about it. Love the color scheme. Um, you know, looks like that might be in line for maybe some merchandise down yeah. the line. I don't know. I'm just saying maybe. Like, yeah, it's I was about possible. to say there may be some merch in the future. Uh, if you guys are interested in stickers and t-shirts, yes, please let us let know because I mean we we may be able to get that stuff printed up and mm-hmm. represent you, guys, you represent, represent the uh, represent the little your... uh, the little small podcast yeah, that dude. is get fiddles and paradiddles. That would be amazing. Uh, well, John, tell me about your week. Actually, last week, I mean, we pretty much were together the entire time. We, yes. We play together in every aspect. I think what yeah. would be better question is for you to tell me about what you have coming up. Even though we've been hinting at it, John is preparing for a pretty cool opportunity. He's going to leave us for 10 days. So Yeah, I'm, I've been basically just kind of, you know, uh, grinding out um, songs for my upcoming uh, out-of-town gigs with uh, Ben Rue. Mm-hmm. So um did a couple shows and a rehearsal with him uh, last year. Um, but the gigs we did, they were like supporting acts. They were only like 45 minutes an yeah. hour. So, yeah. you know, I only had to learn 10 or 12 songs. But now, you know, we're doing some headlining shows. So it's two hour, you know, mm. lots of originals. He's got lots of original material that he's got out. So just you know and i have to do bgvs so it's just uh i have been pounding these songs um i've been fortunate that i've you know i have the material um and uh, the bass player that's in the band i know well and he's kind of the music leader band leader Mm -hmm. uh, of the band and he sent me all of the you know backing tracks and stuff like that so i kind of got a head start which was good because i'm a I'm a perfectionist when it comes to learning, especially oh, yeah. artist material. Oh, like yeah. it's, I mean, that's my thing. You know, that's, that's, you, that's what, also how you get rehired. Right. You know, you know mean, that's like, kind of where I hang my hat. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. um, you know, um, just been hammering that stuff and, um, you know, which we've talked about in other episodes. Um, you know, you can never be too prepared for a, for a gig. Definitely not. Definitely you know, not. especially when you're doing fly dates and you have to fly out of town, 
uh, you need to be prepared. You, your system has to be prepared, not just from the music, but your, you know, are, do you have everything packed? Right. Do you got everything you need? Right. But you have uh, yeah. bestowed on me um, <laughs> the, system, the system, quote unquote. The you system. got to have. I mean, yep. it is just as important as uh, learning your songs. You know, obviously learning the song, make sure that shit's good is the utmost important. But man. You got to have a checks and balances system. You know, make sure you're packing enough stage wear, enough socks and underwear, all mm-hmm. that stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, just been in full, uh, you know, uh, Ben Roo mode for That's the past awesome. uh, about three weeks now. So I leave next Tuesday, um, and then we rehearse all day on Wednesday, and then we fly out on Thursday, and then you know, uh, got gigs Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then on Monday and Tuesday of the following week. So it's. Right. Um, get to see my brother. He actually lives in Oregon, so I'm going to be able to hang out with him and catch up with him. Um, but yeah, man, just, you know, I, I get super, and as I get older, you know, I get more anal about my preparation. So, well, the, I, I think that you and I are kind of cut from the same cloth. Yes. We, we know this. Yes. Um, and I think that re- that right there, not it's not an age thing. I don't, I really, I would say yeah. that, that sentence sounds... Sounds good. Yeah. But I'll tell you what I think it is. The older and more mature you get as a player. It's it's maturity. You, you're and right. You're, and you're getting those callbacks. Right. And you're getting those people that are like passing your name around. Right. Like, right. man, I, I want to keep this going. Right. right? You Absolutely. Know? So, yeah, you, you take pride in what you do. You yeah. You prepare for it and you execute. Yeah. And that and that's the main thing is, you know, you, you're, you know if you're prepared for it, you'll be good to go. So, um, that's that's what really what I've been doing, man, is... Um, you know, making sure all the all the loose ends are are, um, are tied off, and now that I've gone to the digital Line Six world, mm-hmm. all the songs are on presets. You know, I've got yeah. intro, verse, chorus, like everything is just that's gridded huge. out, that's if you huge. will. Yeah. So that's taken a lot of time, and luckily I've had some some time in between when I got the call for the gig and when the gigs actually start to to program all this stuff, uh, which I'm super excited. to to really put it through its paces to kind of see yeah. how, how good it's going to operate. So far, so good. Every time we go out to you know a live mm-hmm. venue with the stuff, it sounds great. I've mm-hmm. gotten compliments from friends who have been coming to shows and are like, "Man, I can't tell that you're not, not using it. Yeah, not yeah. using an amp." It's so, huge. Um, so that's that's what I've been doing. What about yourself, yeah. sir? Well, first, let me just say, um, you know, guys that, that are listening and the fan base, let's keep John in our in our thoughts and prayers. He's gonna, <laughs> he's gonna be gone for ten days. Yes, basically. Per, yeah, yes. I don't like flying. I used to not. It used to not bug me. Man, now that I've gotten older. Speaking of getting older, I'm getting softer in my old age. <laughs> Being on a cylinder, yeah, yeah, fifty thousand feet mm. with breathing circulated yeah. nasty air, it's yeah. not exciting for well, me. Yeah, and that's you know that's about a five hour flight, isn't it? Uh, almost six hours. Yeah, yeah. I, we flew to Seattle. My wife and I flew to Seattle, and yeah, it was like five hours forty minutes, pretty yep. close. Yeah, yeah. It's right there. Um, so anyway, we'll be we'll be thinking about. Thank you, you so much. You're yes, so sweet and kind. So as far as what's been going on with me, honestly, it's the same the same stuff. Um, other than you know playing music, just getting mm-hmm. settled into the new house and getting the studio built, um, I've been working in the studio quite a bit, getting up acoustic foam. Yeah, I can't wait for um, you to get it going, man. Yeah, I can't. It's awesome. I'll be uh, posting some pictures. Uh, we might uh, something I've been thinking about doing that the listeners. This will be a little sneak peek is getting a, a blog kind of going yeah, down, down our would, channel. Yeah. Uh, on our fireside host site, there's yep. the option to add a blog. So, okay. um, if you guys are interested in blog stuff, you know, John, we could share a lot of stuff. Yeah, know, absolutely. Lot, we have lots of commentary uh, that we can 
fill your brain with besides yeah. this stuff we're talking about. Yeah. So definitely yeah. let us or know. Or even just you, things that are happening, like you right. know, you posting a picture of getting on a plane, or you know, me showing off the studio, or what what yeah. have you. Yeah, um, yeah. what have you, what, if you will, if you will. Um, so uh, let's uh, let's move into uh, something we haven't done in a while, kind of like this. I know that yeah. we have talked about headlines and we've really talked about upbeat stuff. Yeah. But uh, this particular thing is kind of heavy, so um, I'll preface it with, you know, there's, from my understanding, from what you've showed mm-hmm. me, some of the things I've read, is there's a lot of opinions flying around. Oh, yes, that. lots of opinions. So um, let's uh, let's dive into, into this. So, so our headline is going to be kind of around Gibson Guitars. Yes. And the bankruptcy that they went through yes. and have emerged from uh-huh. and how they've restructured their corporate team. Right. Right. And so that corporate team now says, okay, we have to have a vision. We have to have a plan moving forward. Yep. And this plan has really pissed off some people. It has. I mean, just right out of the gate, um, it's really ruffled a lot of feathers in the guitar community. Um, I'm sure most of our listeners have probably read about, saw the YouTube video um, with the said new face of Gibson, uh, Mark Agnesi, which I think he's, from what I've seen online, he sounds like a, seems like a great guy. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely seems like he was reading off a cue card at the time, but you can go on, on the interwebs and find the YouTube video where basically Gibson said they're going to start coming after people that are copying their guitars, their guitars, yeah, the shape of their guitars, their shape the, whatever, of their guitars, the inlays, all of it, right? all of it, mm-hmm. everything from, from soup to nuts. Yeah. Um, and I'm just thinking, you have ruined a, I mean, Gibson Guitars, I mean, it's like an American iconic brand, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, when I think of America, you know, I think of like Ford, Coke, mm-hmm. you know. Fender. Fender. Gibson. Gibson. Right? Those things happen right? together, right? Yeah. So the the company went through bankruptcy in 2018 Mm -hmm. because the previous ceo ran it into the ground right and you're trying to rise this phoenix from the ashes if you will and you're going to come out with we're going to start with lawsuits with lawsuits yeah Yeah. it reeks of desperation it reeks of we just filed for bankruptcy and we need new revenue streams Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because even in that video he talks about you know the TV and movie industry. Like, don't tape over. Yeah, the don't headstock. tape over the like, headstock. We want to work with you. Like, right. That's not going to happen. Somebody's going to grab a guitar out of some trailer somewhere and stick some black tape over it, and, and that's it. They're going to yeah. shoot their their yeah. scene. They're Nobody, not going to wait for the Gibson to bring custom guitars to them. No, and that's the thing. You know, if you're shooting in freaking Des Moines, Iowa, mm-hmm. and there's no music stores out there, right? Or or anybody that you can you know go and have Gibson. You know, it's like. It's just the approach is yeah. all wrong in my book. Yeah. So long story short, um, you know, you've got this threat of we're going to start suing you if you copy our ideas. Yet they make a guitar that is not, um, you know, they make a, a Les Paul standard, you know, a little shy of three grand that you can go and buy two uh, or you can have a boutique builder build you two of the same guitars that it's going to play hundred times better than that off the wall Gibson Les Paul standard. Right. So within that time frame of with the old CEO and the old, you know, the old regime, if you will, you know, quality control went to crap. 
Um, just everything went to crap, right? But they still charged a pretty penny for their instruments. Mm-hmm. Now, not only are they still going to charge you this pretty penny for your instruments, they're going to threaten all of their competition. Mm-hmm. And to basically, it's like you're almost forcing a monopoly, mm-hmm. right? Like you can't just sue people. It's like, that's not the right approach. Definitely not. You know, so I just, you know, and, and like I said, I know the guitar playing community has been, it, it's it's kind of the running joke now. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel bad for the guy, Mark. You know, he seems like a really good guy. I've, I've, I used to watch his videos when he worked at Norman's Rare Guitars and, um, you know, to have to have the, the, the gonads to come out as you're rebranding yourself, that is seems like a recipe for disaster. Right. You know? It seems like they're leading with the wrong stuff. Obviously, right. bank, you know, coming out of bankruptcy, you're going to try to come up with a new plan. Mm-hmm. And so the two things that stuck out to me is they're talking about authenticity, which they, they're not even authentic themselves. So yeah. it's a hypocritical mm-hmm. kind of place to put your feet. Right. And then lawsuits, right? Neither one of these things are positive. And what are you doing to say, well, we've got this whole new generation of musicians that want to play, yep. right? That's always happening. Yeah, right? there's always a, there's always a, air quotes here, people. Yeah, there's always a new generation always. of musicians. Yep. every single day, mm-hmm. someone's discovering music. So, what are you doing as a relevant company who's been in business for 125 years to capture that? You're going to do that with lawsuits? Nope, no way. Yeah, like I said, it reeks of desperation. It reeks of a company coming out of bankruptcy, mm-hmm. right? So for me as a guitar player, the Gibson brand, and I'm, I, I feel confident in saying this. I mean, you know, when we're coming up as a musician, mm-hmm. the Gibson guitar brand was the holy grail, bro. Mm-hmm. That was the guitar that if you had one of those, you were set. You were you 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 were oh you had surpassed the air quotes again the bar. Right. They were that was. If you had a Gibson Les Paul, yeah, that was it. Yeah. Okay, so for me, that's what I subscribe to, right? You know, and over the years, I've had a handful of them, and I actually had one vintage one at one time when I was at music school, and it was a marvelous guitar. I mean, probably the best guitar I've ever had, and I never should have got rid of it, but it's another story for another day. So you know just the iconic nature of the instrument to see how far it's fallen. Mm-hmm. It, it's really sad. It's sad. Yeah. It you is know, sad. You, you've got the new regime coming in, trying to rebrand and, and, and kudos to them because they're stripping it down. They're trying to get back to the basics and only make, you know, instead of making all these robo tuners and all this, you know, brass nut, Les Paul bull crap, it's getting back to, you know, signature lines, you know, like we watch in pre-production, you know, mm-hmm. the, the mm-hmm. Les Paul, the SG, the 335, just their signature body shapes. Right. Gibson is basically making a re, uh, they're trying to rebirth that and hang their hat on just those models. Mm-hmm. So you, you can't, you can't continue to tout yourself as the, the benchmark and quality when you're making shit quality right Right. you know you just can't do it you know and on top of it you're going to start threatening other manufacturers boutique builders Mm -hmm. that are making 
a better product than you and charging half the price. Right. And he uses the words, you've been warned. You've been warned. So just really turns me off by the whole thing. Um, Funny story. I have a Gibson Les Paul, and um, I actually wanted to get one again, and I've had it now for probably a couple years. Um, And I had to try out a few of them Mm -hmm. to find the right one. And I was in a guitar center. It was a used one. Um, I was in there to get some strings one day, I think, and saw it hanging on the wall, pulled it down, and played it, and it checked the some of the boxes that I that I have to check off right. initially from a guitar. Unplugged, just playing it acoustically. Right. Check those boxes. So I know I got a good one. I got a good piece of wood. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's a I think it's a 2003 Les Paul Standard mm-hmm. when they were making them in the Nashville plant. And um, it's it's just it was a killer guitar. I needed it at the time. I traded an amp for it straight up. And um, it it was luck of the draw. In that guitar center at the time, there were probably 15 brand new Les Pauls. I played every single one of those. Right. And they were all hot garbage. Wow. Every single one of them. Except for the used 2003 Les Paul Standard that just happened to make it out of quality control and it was just a good piece of... It just... They yep. built it right. Yeah. So in that time frame, you know, from the early 2000s... Um, uh, from late the late 90s into the early 2000s, that's when the quality started to really deteriorate. That's when it really the, the that's when they hit the iceberg, mm. right? However, you can find some good ones in that era, uh, especially in the early 2000s, like mine, because there's uh, no weight relief in the body. It's a solid piece of mahogany, so. Transition into the later 2000s, the bodies are hollowed out for oh. weight relief, but you sacrifice tone, right? You sacrifice a lot of sacrifice fidelity lot of things, yeah. things yeah. when you route out the freaking body of a guitar, mm-hmm. right? So, my Les Paul is not weight relief, it's a solid, heavy ass piece of mahogany, right? Which is what I wanted. Mm-hmm. The ones that were hanging on the wall were all weight relieved. Relieved, yeah, excuse me. Relieved, um, and you could you could tell. Now that's not to say that you know there are some uh, cuffs on shop Gibsons that you can get weight relieved. Relieved, excuse me. That's a hard word to say, but you know uh, the craftsmanship and the quality control is we're not. It's as apples and oranges. Yeah, yeah. You know if you're just trying to buy a stock production model Gibson model. You know, you were rolling the dice mm-hmm. and putting three thousand dollars on the roll of a dice. Mm. So, you know, I hope Gibson um, and I know that they have gotten a lot of pushback from the YouTube and all this stuff. I mean, they literally are like the laughing stock of you know the guitar playing community right now. Um, yeah. At this so point. they've got to do an about face. They have to do something. Yeah, and they know. try to do some damage control. Mm-hmm. The guy Mark put, posted a really funny meme on his Instagram, and you know they tried to brush it off. Mm-hmm. But it's too late now. Yeah. Once you once you put that boat in the water, mm-hmm. you know uh, eventually, you know you can't bring the boat back in. It's got to keep going, and you no matter how you try to polish the turd you still let the turd out 
Well, here's what's funny. That's a video. It wasn't video, like it wasn't like right? someone typed something on Twitter and hit mm-hmm. and hit go. This was someone saying, "Okay, we're going to record this." He probably was reading from a cue. Oh, he was definitely right. Reading. And then I, there's I, I a think guy. He was. There's I think a guy that's recording. sitting there in post production going, "Okay, we like this." Gibson, do you like this? Yes, we like this. Yeah, All right, you know, it went it. through the through yeah. the levels of yeah, chain of command. It, it wasn't a, it wasn't a tweet that we're like, "Oops, sorry, sorry about that racist remark or whatever." Like you know, it's too late now. Right. So the the, the box, Pandora's box, was open at that point. That's what makes it makes me sad because you never see Fender do this. Right. You know, you would never see Fender do this. And their stuff has been copied. I mean, makes you wonder what the higher ups there are talking about. Right. It's like, are you, are, it's like Gibson, are, are you that desperate? And like I said, it just reeks of desperation. It does. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking they're trying to let time heal this wound because mm-hmm. that's really all you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say, um, I've played some brand new production Les Pauls, and they're great, man. They are hands down, you know, a hundred times better from the Les Pauls we were getting when you and I were working in retail. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I remember getting a custom, uh, a Black Beauty custom Les Paul, and it was like seven grand. Mm, good grief and when we got it the action was like you could freaking put a phone book underneath the the strings on the fretboard that i mean it was just um there were some um lacquer marks that they missed spots on so uh-huh. you could see the dry the, just the the wood yeah on a seven thousand dollar guitar the quality from then to now is the, i mean they've really they're they're making some good stuff now but you know, it, it's still, you know... You, you might you, say, like, too little, too late. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's exactly long and short of it. I feel like it's too little, too late. Yeah. Because you can take $3,000, go out and find a boutique builder that'll build you a really kick-ass guitar for $1,500. bucks, mm-hmm. and then you got 1500 bucks to buy a rig. Yeah, right. Left over. So, you know, um, that's that's kind of my two cents on the Gibson... Well, here's hoping that Gibson kind of turns things around because, like we said, it's an iconic brand. Yeah, it's I, an American like standard. Yeah, you know, like it really gotta, is. Got to, got to. Hopefully, they, they turn it around and yeah. figure it out. Yeah, we hope so. Well, we're going to move into the uh, the main topic of our day. So, uh, you guys, hang tight and we'll get into it. Okay, John. So, our topic. For today, yes, is stage presence. Stage presence, the presence you bring on stage, sir. I like it. I like the the, the Merriam-Webster. Yes, thank you. <laughs> um, so we've both witnessed um, proper use of stage presence. Yes, we've, proper we've etiquette. Seen, we've 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 seen overuse of stage presence, mm-hmm. whether it be in person or on mm-hmm. maybe a video. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about the pros and the cons, and and yeah. let's maybe dissect like what is stage presence. What is stage mm-hmm. presence to you? Okay, well, stage presence to me is the um, the ability to energize the crowd based on you know your your body language, how you're you're holding your instrument, how you're moving your body to the beat of the music, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. something you're moving around, you're getting into the flow of the music. You're not just standing at your station. You Kurt know, Kurt Cobaining. Yeah, Kurt Cobaining. <laughs> I mean. Um, 
because I feel like, you know, and, and this might be genre related, but in most genres, you don't want to just be standing there. Yeah, you don't. You know what I mean? You gotta like move literally around. standing there. Right. You know, stationary, not mm-hmm. moving at all. So stage presence is the ability to, um, you know, I guess... Maybe convey energy. Convey right? energy with yeah. body movements, right? <clears throat> right. You know? Right. Given, given, you know, the old, you know, shimmy with your hips or something mm-hmm. like that, mm-hmm. you know, but... Little Elvis. Yeah, a little, little, <laughs> little Elvis or something, you know, but not cheesy and not over the top, but it's a way for the audience to see that, wow, this guy's really into the performance. It gets... Um, gets the crowd moving it you know it just brings the whole performance up mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so i guess in a nutshell that's what stage performance is is that you're performing uh your 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 body is performing uh along with your instrument you know what i mean and not like performing like you're doing a freaking mime routine you know right, what i mean right right or or you know doing the break dance like none of that but just getting into the flow of the music moving around interacting with the other band mates if you can have access to them and you're wireless mm-hmm. you know just stuff like that well i mean so there's there's some musicians that get hired to do this like yes they're they're, they're required to do it Let's right think like bruno mars yes like the band that he's got with him not only are they playing their instruments but oh, they man. have to do the choreography so too, much right? choreography right. right so there's that mm-hmm. so that's a little difference from stage presence yes. I, in my opinion yes that's that's actual uh that's part of the gig there right that's just yeah. part of the gig that's mm-hmm. part of the the show mm-hmm. right so let's not confuse i'm just putting that out there so we're not confusing choreographed stage show right versus right a musician that's hired to come in and play guitar or drums or bass or what have you and they are exuding stage presence mm-hmm. in their own way mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. now we're used to seeing this from an artist hopefully most yeah, artists need to better. engage with the crowd yeah um but doing it as an artist if you're i mean as a uh, as a, as a sideman mm-hmm. you know as a hired hired musician you could technically detract from what the artist is doing Right, big if, if you're overdoing it, big time. I mean, and, that's why everybody in the band wears black, you know. Right, because you you got to blend in with the backdrop. Right, you don't, you're not supposed to stand out in the lights and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, that's a you know that's a thing that can cost you a gig is being too animated on stage, too right. much stage presence, too much stage. Presence. It, it yeah. takes away from the artist, takes away from the songs, the melody, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're back there freaking doing cartwheels and, you know, standing on top of the monitor wedge, you know. David Lee Roth. David, you know, just, <laughs> you know, straight up rock and roll in it. Yeah. You know, there's a fine line between uh, not enough stage presence and too much. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was, you know, doing some market research, watching videos, and I just came across um, a particular... Uh, video that I saw and it was just I went down the rabbit hole I started watching other videos to kind of confirm did I just see what I thought I saw exactly mm-hmm. and I, and I did and I'm thinking to myself holy hell mm-hmm. if I were to do that at my local gigs am I going to get a call back yeah maybe not you know you know you've got these Nashville players I'll just air leave quotes. it there. We'll leave the air quotes up too. Who are literally, it looks like that they're playing an odd meter beat in, at 200 clicks per minute 
and it's just like a little just a just an eighth note it's like an eighth note groove yeah but yet it looks like they're reinventing the wheel Mm -hmm. with their stage i mean just twirling the sticks and the facial expressions and the whole whole nine yards yeah um seems a little disingenuous it does it just doesn't that's that's the word speaking of authentic Mm. being authentic Mm -hmm. gibson Mm -hmm. it doesn't seem authentic at all totally i mean like a like chris you mentioned you know if you're in the bruno mars band Mm -hmm. okay there's an expectation level of your stage presence you've got to be able to bring it Mm -hmm. you've got to be able to do the dance moves and sing do all that with conviction Mm mm-hmm but if you're playing a Luke Bryan cover or something <laughs> knocking like that, or knocking boots, <laughs> golly, give me a break. Uh, moving on. Moving on. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? If you're playing a Luke Bryan song, mm-hmm. are you going to bring that Bruno Mars level <laughs> of, of Man, stage I hope you twirl, in your, your, <laughs> I mean, you twirl think, in your trumpet. Think about kicks. that. Oh, you know? I mean, th- think about that. So <clears throat> at any rate, it got me really thinking about the appropriate level of stage presence. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously there's no rule book for stage presence, but it seems like um, a lot of the cats who are in the Nashville recording artists or your major heavy hitter Nashville artist air quotes here the whole mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. You know, most of the <clears throat> bands that I watch on YouTube, any of their live clips, I mean, it's just, it's over the top. Yeah. From my taste. I wonder if that's, uh, unless you were staying with the same artist uh-huh. along the way, I wonder if this is kind of a trend. Like, is this kind of a thing where it's expected? Right. Now, to your point, you know, there is a level of showmanship, quote unquote, you should bring. Not like James Brown, you know, where you got somebody bringing you a robe and you're doing splits, you know. Right. right. But you're you're expected to have some... Some yeah. some charisma and some presence yeah. behind your instrument. It can't be a lump up there. Can't be, yeah. yeah, but... I mean, my goodness, it, it is just, it just seems unauthentic, um, as the uh, Gibson people would say. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. You've been it, warned. It, I, I, yeah, you've been warned. It just doesn't, <laughs> yeah. doesn't sit well with me, and it takes me, takes me away from the playing, because usually, they're good players, mm-hmm. and, you know, I guess this is just the curse of the musician. It's like, that's what I focus on. Right. It's the music. Yep. What are you playing? You know the the you know the Joe the plumbers out there um, who are just listeners of music. Maybe that's the first thing they notice is stage present. Just yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, I could say that that's probably true. You know, like you'll. I mean, just to say your impression uh-huh. of a musician. You know, first time, never seen a musician. That impression could be speed. It right. could be volume. It yep. could be stage presence. Mm-hmm. Right. These are things just like a choreographed dance yep. or a great action movie. It gets your attention. Right. right. Which is great. And it's a good gateway. But we got to be careful with differentiating, you know, what is useful and stage presence can be useful. Right. But what's very useful is being a great musician. Yes. Right. That, 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 that's what needs to shine through the most is your playing, not mm-hmm. your stage presence. And, you know, I've seen supporting acts who are just bouncing across like they'll be doing these huge outdoor festival gigs you know where there's tons of you know headliners you know uh, major record label artists and these supporting act guys man are just 
out of control on the stage, man. It's like they got wireless packs on. They're all in in ears, so they're just up there, you know, just hamming it up. Their first time with a can of Coke. Right, mm-hmm. exactly. Mm-hmm. So, now that, ha- you know, and I don't want to browbeat this to death, and I don't want to sound like a, you know, get off my lawn old man, but, like, there's a time and place where I think you can kind of incorporate some of that stuff into mm-hmm. your set list mm-hmm. or into your show. <clears throat> but for the main part, you know, uh, you know, have some have some some stage present, but also play your parts right. Yeah. Play them good. Yeah, sure. I think that's what John and I are getting to is, you know, you want to be known as a good player. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. If you're if you're a, a mediocre player, but you have great stage presence, I don't think that's gonna it's gonna gonna carry you very far. Mm-mm. And this stuff is great. I mean, I'll be honest. Some of my favorite drummers have great stick tricks, like Thomas Lang. Like that dude is insane. Yes, What's he is. cool about him is. If people ask him in interviews about like, mm-hmm. hey, how did you do that thing? He'll he'll demonstrate it. He'll show sure. it in his clinics and stuff. But he's quick to remind people like, hey, this is just one element of being in the show business. Yes. Make sure that you're focusing on how to play a good solid beat. Like, right. are you playing well for your artist? Right. Because if if you're if you're known for just stick tricks, like you're gonna hang your hat on that. Probably not. Probably not. You yeah. Know? Like it's like and mm. and. Like <clears throat> every every bar, every measure, every note, it looks like you're you're finally able to poop after being constipated for a year, having those kind of faces, you know, just like, <laughs> it, it just doesn't sit well with me. And, and, and to piggyback off the word show business. Okay. There is an element of show business ism. Yeah. Yeah. On, on your instrument. If you're a guitar player, if you're a bass player, drummer, any, anybody in the rhythm section, you need to have some, some, some showbiz tricks and tools in your in your in your toolbox mm-hmm. right totally but it doesn't need to be over the top and it doesn't need to be hammy right you know um that it just it takes away from the the music and 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 the artist totally honestly yeah because yeah. i think you know this is just me as a purist and i know you'll agree is that if we are hired mm-hmm. to pr- provide uh a job right mm-hmm. let's just say at the in the end of the day, you know we're we're subcontractors. Right. We're hired. We do our job. We right. Do a good job. We make our employer, artist, i.e., artist, look good. Right. Really so good. Why would yeah. you? Why would you ever go into a gig, trying to detract from what the artist is doing? Right. And there, and, just, yeah, and there, there may be cases where <clears throat> the artist specifically says, "I want you guys to ham it the the heck up here." Yeah. But he's right. probably going to pick a spot. He's Correct. not going to do it the whole. There's going to be a certain time in that set where said hamming is going to yeah, yeah. happen and then that's it you go back to your normally scheduled yeah programming at that yeah. point have your ham moment that's fine yeah so i mean you know not to not to beat a dead horse but you know you know it is show business you're you're there to entertain your audience mm-hmm. um but you're the main purpose is to make the artist look as good as he possibly can right you know yep. that's that's the main kind of kind of point. So, um, you know, I don't I don't want to name names, and I'm you know because there's no point because it's all subjective. This is just all of our subjective opinion. But yeah, totally. Um, you know, let your playing do the talking for you. Mm-hmm. You know, you start there, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then everything else you'll you'll kind of learn. You'll figure out as you get more seasoned. Totally. You know, you kind of. You know, when you and I first were in the band together with the artists we played for, my stage presence was 
hot garbage. I mean, I didn't have an idea or, or a concept of what that entailed at that point, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You know, I was just doing, you know, hip threat, like porno hip threat, you know, just cheesy, <laughs> like unseasoned, un, uh, 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 you know, not, not, uh, just didn't have a clue, you know, at the, and then started getting more professional gigs and you start to see other people who are in, you know, big major label acts who are, you know, touring with artists and you kind of see what they do and how they act on stage and, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. See mm-hmm. how they pick their spots. Yep. And what they're doing when they're not, you know, hemming and hawing up, you know, it's this in-between moments, right? Right. right. So um, that's that's the biggest thing for me is just let your play and do the talking, man. Yep. You know, if unless you're, the artist specifically says, hey, ham it up, then, then do it. Otherwise, focus on the music. Totally agree. So, great segue, John. So, speaking of, of focusing on music, we, yes. have a, we have a song. We do. We have a new What Makes This Song Great. What Makes This Song Great. So, John, you, do you have you have segue music ready to go? I think I do. I have some segue music ready to go. Scooby-doo-doo, scooby-doo-doo, scooby-doo-doo-doo-doo. little SOS. Ooh, that is. You know, maybe... Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, attention, uh, we're about to give some awesome insight, uh, SOS call. I don't know, Chris. I don't I know like what it. it was. I like it. I think it's great. Everything I do, uh, Segway music is great, if you ask me. It is great. And I'm going to have a compilation album probably by the end of the year. Yes, uh, it'll be on iTunes and hopefully on a Spotify playlist soon. <laughs> so we've been doing a lot of 80 songs. Yeah, we have. Um, which is where it's at. You know, mm. which is what our favorite yeah. you know era of music is for the most part. So we're, we're kind of switched it up a little bit here. Right. Um, doing kind a little... Of, kind of. Kind of. Kind so of. Let, me, let, me tell, let, me, let me tell you how John brings this to me, right? So he, with this statement in mind, he says, yes. we've been doing 80s music, right? Yeah, we have. Right, we have right. been doing 80s yes. music. So so John and I love progressive rock. Love, love it. Love progressive metal. Love it. I grew up on that stuff and sucked on that teat for yes, a long time. I sucked on that, <laughs> uh, on that nipple until it was dry, sir, yes. And, and I'm still hanging on to yeah. the Dream Theater thing yeah. occasionally. But yeah. because of that, obviously, you're going to want to, you know, you got your little boundaries. Sure. You, know, you want to expand that circle yeah. a little bit. Yeah. So who's influenced by Dream Theater? Who's influenced by Rush? You know, maybe right. King Crimson. Uh-huh. You know, let's bring some other elements in. Yes, and all these things. Yes. Um, and come across this band that is just incredible to me. They're oh, called man. they're called Haken. Haken. Okay? So I'm gonna spell that for you. H A K E N. Right. Haken. So it's like the word Taken with an H. Haken. That's it. So Haken, young group of guys. You know these guys are killing it. I mean, I call them young. They're really not young, but yeah. they're, they're, they're in, definitely in the younger, game. In the game. Young music. in the game. Yeah. Um, and so so I'm gonna come full circle here. We've been talking about 80s music, right. but they have a song called 1985, mm-hmm. and that's our song for today. Yes. Um, this song is, is the song that got my attention, and probably about two or three weeks ago, I played it for John, yep. and it was almost this like, hold up, you know, yeah. like this, this pausing it, it moment. Every You're time, like, man. What every did you, time. What did you just play me? Yeah. And, and so since then, obviously, you know, we're both diving into Haken's uh, discography mm-hmm. quite a bit, but this particular song is just impressive so amazing john tell me why you love it so the main thing obviously is the guitar riff once again once again i mean i'm like a broken record over here so you have these guys had a checklist for the things that you need to have a kick-ass song right 
guitar riff. Right. That's the first straight thing straight out that the gate sucks me in mm-hmm. is the guitar riff. And anytime I hear a new piece of music and the guitar, riff, I mean that's it. It's like a you know, it's like it's like warm laundry out of the dryer. Mm-hmm. Just like oh, mm-hmm. you just want to snuggle in it. Right. So the first thing is a guitar riff. Starts off with a killer guitar riff. Then the band comes in, and it takens you not taken with a yeah taken taken with a T. Yeah, um, the the vibe and the groove it's so just I close my eyes and I it reminds me of Toto. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just the vibe, the drum groove, how it's juxtaposed against the guitar riff and the meter. Even the Simmons pads. The Simmons pads. I mean, just the, the whole on, vibe yeah. of it mm-hmm. just in encapsulates 80s mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but with a modern twist to yeah. it right with yeah. a modern prog twist to it so obviously so you got the the guitar riff and then the vocals come in um the the melodic phrasing and the ideas in the verse are just outstanding and you get to the chorus and it's just super big super produced just like you would think an 80s song would sound like it ha- it's it delivers mm-hmm. in every part of the song the verse the chorus the bridge the solos the outro it's super well done by these guys yes totally agree uh their entire discography is pretty amazing yeah this particular album that the song comes from is called affinity uh-huh. i would say for anyone that doesn't know anything about haken you definitely should start with this album. Absolutely. I, I, you know, I was, you know, on the treadmill today listening to this album and um, just blown away. I mean, just, it's a shame that music like this doesn't get pushed to the forefront more. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, it is. It's almost, I had this conversation with my dad. Mm-hmm. I told him, I see, you know, we were talking about this and I told him that it's, it's interesting. I don't know if that's the best word for it, but yeah. it's interesting that musicianship has become the new underground, right? Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. So it's like if you mm-hmm. if you find something that really is stellar mm-hmm. from a musician's standpoint, it's it's kind it's of this all, hidden all, little it's treasure. It's all Yeah, it's, all it's, treasure, all, it's like yeah. a treasure trove. You totally. Know? And it, it used to not be that way. No. Obviously, we are where we are, but yeah. it is it is kind of a hidden thing now. Yeah. I mean, and I think that for me, you know, um, especially for all the our, our young up-and-coming working musicians, uh, there's good stuff out there that's oh, coming yeah. out. Oh yeah, you know it, it gets, you know, buried underneath the pop culture. But I mean, this stuff is just—it's to me, it's what—it's uh, what an '80s sounding prog rock band is supposed to sound like. Totally. You know, they pulled it off. You know, there are other stuff um, that I've listened to. You know, obviously it's 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 progressive rock stuff, so it's going to have particular timbre to it, but. Mm-hmm. Um, the just it just makes every part about the song. I'm I'm not let down. Yeah, when it gets to the chorus, it's just the awesome. guitar solo. It, yeah, like that guitar solo. Yeah, man. it's so good. Oh yeah. my god, the guitar solo. Yeah. So it's so it harkens back to. Um, obviously, the guy is super influenced by Steve Lukather. There's no doubt in my mind because this solo. It, it sounds something straight off a Toto record, man. Mm-hmm. The guitar tone, the phrasing, the melodic ideas. It is just so Steve Lukather, and I love it. Mm. It's good. I mean, even if I didn't know who Toto was or Steve Lukather, it would just... 
that kind of music to me that's home base you know right. what i mean it just right. makes me feel feel safe feel you safe I mean? inside like, oh, man, of it this is good this so is good. And, and and that's hard for you know a current rock band mm-hmm. to deliver like that like either it's like got a really good chorus and the verse is like uh, whatever mm-hmm. just, there's segments of the song that are good yeah, that was pretty good yeah. But this song, I mean, it is it is genuinely from start to finish, it is just perfect, man. Mm-hmm. It's a great, great progressive rock song. Totally. You know. So. Couldn't agree more. Well, I'm glad we were we were able to discover it together along yes. the way. I'm glad thank you for sharing uh the uh the Haken. Yeah. Haken. Uh, it's uh, you know it, and, it and inspires say, me. And, and, it really is and, what and it in does. In some ways we've stayed in the eighties, so we've not yeah. broken our theme. We we really yeah. have and that's and that's what is so it inspires me is because these guys, you know, they're not young, but they're not old, but like they're, they get it. Yeah. They, like get, they it. get it. They're carrying and, the torch. And they're trying man. to carry the torch. Mm-hmm. It just breathes a breath of fresh air into my musical soul. Yes. So thank you, Haken. Yes. Uh, thank thank you, you for uh, writing that killer song, 1985. Go check out the record, Chris. What's the definitely. name of Affinity? Affinity, yes, definitely. Check it out. Good stuff. Well, guys, that's going to wrap it up for us this week. Um, I feel like uh, we've delivered some content that's uh, kind of a, uh, some thinkers. You know? Yeah, yeah. This is a thinking man's episode today. You know, maybe a little soapboxy, but yeah. just some things I needed to get off my chest. Totally. Um, we all need in, it. in regards to uh, what the some of these things that are going on. In this world, out here in these streets. streets. <laughs> well, guys, we hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, we really appreciate the comments. We appreciate the feedback. We yes. love the engagement on iTunes. Yeah. Keep it coming. Yeah, we need like it. and we need subscribe. Yep. Leave us reviews, even if they're bad. You know, we like the uh, interaction and feedback. It helps. Totally. Big time. Every bit helps. Well, guys, we will catch you next week, and we are out. <laughs>